Welcome, guys, back to the Misfathletics podcast number 27 for Cycle 4. How is it Cycle 4 already? Welcome, guys, back. <laughs> Welcome! <laughs> We're back. I'm Misfathletics. Who? Drop right, anyways. on his head? Yeah, that's why I'm wearing this. Duh. What are you oh, wearing? Whoa, what a is hat. that? It's my new hat. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a nice hat. All right, anyways. Anyway, what's what going you, on? Where would you like to start? Probably in the intro. Well, the intro? Is yeah. that what they're doing right now? Yeah. All right. So um, something that's coming up in this uh, the new year is going to be some changes to the website. Got, um, Gabe and Ted and the rest of the crew here have been working pretty hard on that. So I don't know if you want to highlight some of those changes that were going to be coming their way. Well, we did shoot a video, so if you want actually uh, the details of it, there is a uh, video posted on our YouTube channel, and it's actually a couple blog posts back on the website, pretty easy to find. It'll give all the details, um, but a few things that are happening, we're shifting around uh, some of the programs into, uh, well, lesser tiers uh, to simplify it, so things like the garage program, which a lot of people were asking about, um, but didn't want to commit to that complete tier level, we're actually dropping it down to the pro level and renaming it the Hatchet Program. So a simplified version of the blog for people who want some of the scaling done for them or don't have access to the amount of equipment that we ask you to have access to on the uh, standard blog. So that'll be readily available for everybody in the pro tier. Uh, what else we got? Uh, so the spot. the, the, the complete one. tier actually Bunch of stuff. Big one. Uh, that's that's my bag the complete tier now uh, uh, really is going to be a specific fo- focus for masters athletes so we're going to add a few things to that we're going to add a uh, test week video review to that um, masters will get their own um, uh, members only t shirt uh, <clears throat> so will the other complete tier members you don't have to be a master true well, only masters. complete tier yeah so. Um, but the idea is that uh, thus far in the uh, complete tier, we've had a, a pretty big um, gathering of, of a, a cool community of Masters athletes, and we're just going to expand upon that, give them a little bit more access, um, uh, try to give them a little bit uh, more feedback on, on what they're doing because um, they're just all into it. So um, it's going to be pretty pretty good for them on the uh, – on the new tier, and that actually is going to go down to uh, sixty nine ninety five price break. Yep, that so. means they can basically buy a new T shirt a month from us with the savings. Yeah. It's pretty good, Just and they get their free one. Yeah, something to consider a free T shirt, and you know, because CrossFitters don't have enough shirts, so definitely not. And a free camp after wow. a year of subscription. That's Just exciting. Better as well. and better. Thank you, Ted. That's a great reminder. The subscription will continue, so it's not going anywhere. Uh, so let's chat about Cycle 4. Let's get right into it. Uh, the Open is coming, and therefore the Cycle will reflect the Open. Uh, cycle 4 will take us, I think, to the week prior to the start of the Open. Yep. Um, so this Another is six-week cycle. This is Open prep. You'll have six weeks of training with, of course, the test week on either side. Uh, so eight weeks in a row coming up. Um, the big note that everyone has been asking about, when is Metcon Monday coming back? It's back. It's back. It's back. Metcon Sharp's Monday. So excited. Three My mandatory um, conditioning pieces every Monday, and that'll be basically all you do. So you will hit three difficult conditioning pieces. You'll focus on um, breathing, sweating, pushing through pain. That'll be all you got to do for the whole day. No heavy lifting, unless it's in the Metcon, which is totally possible. Um, So we'll talk about all the different uh, categories here. 
And we'll start with the warm-ups. So I'll jump into that. Everyone also remembers, on top of Metcon Monday, the weakness warm-up. And we used them a while ago, uh, some in cycle one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, They're coming back around. And the purpose of that just is so that as the Open approaches, we, we focus on Metcon. So yes, there is some heavy lifting requirements within the Open. Sometimes it's been a separate lift uh, after a workout. Sometimes, uh, like last year, they just bury like 315-pound bars into a Metcon. Um, so you're going to have to lift heavy, but if you are not able to uh, breathe heavy enough to get through something, the heavy bar never even mattered. If you didn't have the skills or the conditioning, you never even got to the heavy bar to begin with. So we're going to make sure that within the weakness warm-ups that you're willing to kind of jump into something each day and just kind of <laughs> knock the dust off and get going. So the weakness warm-ups this cycle um, will feature things that you've seen in the past, but they'll be slightly different just so you don't fall into um, some sort of uh, rhythm and, and don't take them seriously. So instead of the 2K row like we've had in the past, you're actually going to row for calories. So guys will row 150 calories and ladies will row 100. Oh, boy. That exciting? My favorite, yeah, my favorite. Your favorite, rowing for calories, <laughs> uh, a little more difficult. Cool, Sherby won the warm up. Yeah, a little more difficult than rowing for distance. Actually, um, we'll do a weakness warm up on the bike, five uh, k and four k. Uh, we will do. We'll bring back the bar facing burpees, so seventy five bar facing burpees to get moving, and uh, we will have uh, the fourth weakness warm up will be either running a mile or skiing a two k. So for those of you that picked up a ski erg this season. Um, Probably use the ski because uh, we're not going to see any running in the open. Uh, we're not going to see skiing in the open either, but it's a little different. Um, you can switch back and forth each week, but just try to get comfortable. Pick one or the other. Pick the one that is worse for you, more than likely. That's kind of the point of the weakness warm-up. Definitely anyway. skiing for me. Definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely not running. Definitely um, yeah, and that's that's the big thing. The, the other thing with the, the warm-ups is we're bringing back primers, and we will use primers in the open, and I think anyone that's been with us for the last, even just the last year, is familiar with the primer. Uh, it's basically the way to uh, spike your heart rate, uh, get blood pumping, uh, hopefully recruit some, uh, some muscle, and then uh, let yourself come back down so that when you actually do step into the Metcon, um, you don't have that immediate shock of the first uh, difficult thing you've done in that training session. That's already out of the way, so your heart rate can settle down a little easier as you get uh, breathing heavy. Um, and that primer will be one a week, and it will be on Metcon Monday. So you'll get to actually put that into play, feel out how you should approach a primer, and see how it makes you feel going into whatever the first piece of your Metcon Monday will be. So sort of you get four Metcons now. It's not even three. It's like up to four. Oh, boy. Yeah. Even more. I think it's important for people to pay attention to not just how they feel with the primer going into the Metcon, but how they feel as each Metcon comes through and how they're able to perform. Because we have athletes who see how this works every single year. They do it. And then when the Open comes around, they get scared and they won't do the primer before the open workout. And it's ridiculous. It's like, this is one workout today. This is all you're doing for the whole day. And you're worried that a 200-meter row is going to fuck your grip up for pull-ups. Yeah. <laughs> so I really want people to pay attention to once your body's really ready to work out, like really, really ready, like peak performance, a lot of times that's going to be that second, third, or fourth piece. And that will teach you about how your body works and how quickly you can recover from this stuff, and then what the optimal amount of activity is before you're trying to get as many reps as possible. Like, so many people will get that intuitive, they're all good, and then the open rolls around, and they're like, I will not do a 135 power clean before this wad. You're insane. (laughs) It's like, 
you, you train like five times a day all year and now you can't do a primer. So just pay attention to that. Get yourself used to it. That'll help a lot. And then one other thing with the, with the warmups just popped into my head is Gabe's got a really cool, uh, 2k row, um, case study coming up that, that will explain a lot about the weakness warm up. And, and Gabe actually had, um, different groups go through it, uh, and go through another kind of version of it. Um, so the, pro and complete tier. Keep your eyes out for that. It's a, it's a really cool article just about, um, it's actually about a few different things. I won't spoil it too much, but keep your eye out for that. I did PR my 2k by 22 seconds in 10 days. Just saying by doing this. So, and that video is great. The end of that video where I did oh, it. Shut up. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Whatever. Ever. Um, so I have a question though, yeah. uh, back to the primers. Sure. Um, the cool thing I like about this is this is what the third year that we've been putting these in for people, uh, primers right. in for people. At least. So hopefully, um, people are getting familiar with this. Um, and when I look at it, when I go and watch athletes like, uh, warming up for regional uh, pieces at, at regionals, um, they have a good idea of what they should do. And so, um, if you pay attention to it, like Drew said, um, you'll know what your body needs to get ready. So sometimes, um, and I know a question that we'll, we'll probably get a lot is, should I do a primer before every piece I do? If I'm breaking my training session up into two sessions, should I prime before every one? And the answer is, don't do the same primer necessarily, but yeah, you should you should spike your heart rate. So feeling the difference between those because like I, I see um you know all the like high level athletes you go there and you uh you're about to go out on the floor and do a workout you don't want that heart rate spike to be the first you know two movements that you do to barbell you lift the barbell twice and you're already redlined so um it could be as simple as uh you know every minute on the minute 10 calorie row or something like that for three rounds you know so finding ways that uh, get your body moving uh, effectively before this. Uh, so you're saying if you split that up into two sessions yeah. and we have a primer in there, you can still prime yourself. Yeah, don't. I'm saying don't do the primer three times. Right. 150 oh. bar facing burpees times three. But find but find a way to take the same concepts and spike your heart rate and be ready for that piece so you can go into. If there it was a question it. in there, I missed it because you started off with saying I have a question and then you talked for two minutes and I was I've been listening intently. Sorry, I was going to ask you to find the question. I'm like, oh, the I was going to ask you, and then I just decided to explain today? it What's myself. It over? <laughs> okay, that makes. We sense. will get the question though. Should I do the primer three times? Of course, or whatever. So and and I'll just say one last thing before we continue to talk about boring warm-ups. Um, I think the primer is on the low end. So we give the primer to be three, four minutes. I think most CrossFitters, based on their style of training and the way their body handles volume, would actually benefit from moving for up to 10 minutes before they actually get into a Metcon. Um, I think most people that train regularly would tell you that their second conditioning piece is their probably their prime time of the day, especially if it follows relatively soon after their first. I was definitely um, going to agree with that. That's actually one thing I was going to bring up about the primers is that um, they're really intense, and we usually see that the athlete does better if they get moving around some. So just definitely. keep yourself moving around. Um, put yourself through those ranges of motion, but then spike your heart rate and go. I mean, I think that's the best strategy for me personally getting ready for an open workout or I think that's most, but, but like Drew said, they have this fear like deep down that if they do anything before they focus on the open workout, it's going to screw them up. It's just the complete opposite of how how it works for CrossFit. They want to change their whole psyche going into it. That first light bulb moment was camp one. The first camp that we ever did before we were getting ready to go out on the road, we did one here and we had two days of like brutal workouts and day two 
Um, I mean, we had an all-out row in there. We had another workout. And then every single person in camp PR'd Fran Rap. Like, everyone was completely obliterated. But there wasn't that, like... You know how some days, like, if it's, like, legless rope climbs or there's something that does something to, like, a particular muscle group, I think that's what people get a little bit scared of. Yeah. But that didn't make its way into any of those training pieces. And then they were, you know, on their seventh piece in two days, and everyone just looked loose, ready, good to go. Like, there wasn't a lot of warming up going into that because they thought that they were, you know, everybody thought that they were obliterated and every single person PR'd. And a lot of people PR'd by a lot. And that was when it was, like, Wait a minute! You should be ready to. We should do this every single time. <laughs> yeah, maybe. you should be yeah. ready to go. And people that walk in the gym, they say, "Oh, I feel like shit. I don't want to train today. I'm just gonna skip this piece and do that." Have you gone through any sort of warm up yet before you made your decision? Most people are like, "No, I'm just sore." It's like warm up. You won't feel sore. You'll well, you may feel a little sore. <laughs> it's over. Now. But uh, you'll be moving a lot easier, and you'll 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 see that most of that was just your perception. You're actually fine and ready to train. But um, all right. Enough of that. Enough of warm-ups. Jeez. Is this, sure. is this next thing uh, his nickname, Metcon Sherb? Metcon Sherb. It's Metcon Sherb. Um, I feel like we say this every cycle, but um, we're sticking with classic CrossFit. I mean, this time of year, prepping for the Open, um, it wouldn't make sense to all of a sudden now segment our training out to rowing by itself, gymnastics by themselves, and barbell stuff. We're going to mix it all together and some Open-style workouts. Um, but that doesn't mean we're only going to do Open-style workouts. There are still... You know, and a necessity to train some of those regional type movements. So I'm sure you'll sprinkle in some pegboards, some legless rope climbs, which you probably wouldn't see in the open, some handstand walks, GHDs, GHDs dumbbell just, stuff. Yeah, just some yeah. random things just so you're, you know, constantly varying your uh, stimulus. Um, Doing thrusters and sumo de la high poles and push press every single day because it's in the open is going to beat you old. up pretty bad. Yeah, that's going to I mean, you talk old. to a lot of our regionals guys when we start figuring out what the workouts are and they start testing those things. They're like, man, I need a day where we do something that's yep. not. A regionals workout, so I don't feel so beat up. So, and with the amount of pieces that we do on the blog, you know, three, four pieces a day, you're gonna find those open movements in there each day anyway. So, if you started stacking them in every Metcon, boy, be that would be that yeah. would be terrible. That would be terrible. Yeah. Um, but something that's unique to the cycle is that the Metcons are mandatory. This is the, really the first cycle of the year where every single day, five days a week, there'll be a mandatory Metcon. Um, again, because we're prepping for the Open, we want to get that feel of what. Uh, hitting a Metcon every single day is like and trying to get ourselves up for that. So when you get into the Open um, and you have that one workout that really matters, you're not freaking out about it because you haven't done enough Metcons or, you know, I haven't done this combination with that combination. So getting enough Metcons underneath your belt is huge for really, you know, getting yourself comfortable with those movements. So um, the last thing I think, you know, unique to the cycle is um, when we've done this in the past is, we want to test old open workouts, yep. right? See where we're at. You know, it's a chance to compare versus the past versus how you're doing now. Maybe you get a chance to reevaluate your strategies from last year. Like if I had done the, you know, the double under toe to bar clean this way instead of that way, I could have gotten another chance to take a swing at 275 or maybe a crack at 315. So, you know, I think the practicing the open workouts is a really good way to, to simulate what it feels like. I mean, because they were Let's- past workouts. Let's dig into that a little bit. Like it's almost kind of like the preseason. Like, yeah. yep. like you should make sure that your phone works, that you huh. can upload it to YouTube. Get yourself a judge. Um, you know, throw your beats on and listen to "Lose Yourself" by Eminem, and have your tearaway sweats on. You know, shut the lights off and play your you know your runouts. No, but seriously, use it as like find those people that you want to beat in the open. Make sure you know what they get for scores. Treat it exactly like the open, so that. The first time when that anxiety like rolls around, 
you're ready. You're kind of ready. It, for yeah, it. yeah. You're just it's, used to it's it. partially there. Like, there's no other sport where you would just check yourself into that. Like, no simulating of that whatsoever. So, make it a big thing. Like, especially if the open fucks with you mentally. Um, that judge is important because you may oh, have yeah. been moving through range of motion all year that people are going to say that does not fucking count. So yeah. someone to say that to you before game day, I think is really important. And uh, yeah, using your phone to film and watching like, am I cool with posting this to Facebook and letting everyone see what I'm doing? Or do I need to reevaluate? Cause it's already kind of too late. So if that's the case, I better figure shit out now. That that intensity label that we put on all our pieces, uh, uh, I mean, throughout the year, we we never um, say intensity over quality of movement, but you'll be shocked when you are really trying to go really hard, as hard as you can, uh, if your quality of movement is, is exactly what you think it is. So right. clean that up now. So I also think it's a kind of a wake-up call, too. I have some athletes that film themselves regularly, and they get to use that as a, a tool to view themselves working out and say, hey, I thought I only rested for five seconds, but it looks like I rested for 30 seconds <laughs> in the middle of a workout. So some of those things are some strategies to keep yourself moving or, you know, practicing your transitions or knowing what your transitions are will help you in the open. You know, if toes to bar goes right into squat cleans, you know that in the past you've taken 15 seconds, you or think your comfortable range, like comfortable rest time is 15 seconds. Maybe you push that a little bit more because you've seen it on camera and you know, hey, I wasn't that tired. I could have just picked that bar up, but I've seen it enough times where now I can fix it. It's a good confidence builder too, I think, for people who, uh, even if you, you might be in a rut, if you've actually been training all year, uh, almost every open workout should end up being a PR for you, the things that we're going to put out there. And if they're not, it's a real time for you to evaluate what's going on. It was it one particular movement that you either haven't made progress on or um, is still holding you back or is there you just not in the shape you thought you were in or, or have you been kidding yourself with your training all year? Whatever it is, these workouts should be eye-opening for you and most of you, if not all of you, will be PRing these uh, these wads regularly and it should help pick up your, your confidence a bit going into the open season showing that you're better a better version of you, I think. I can't tell you how many times I get messages from athletes like, I suck, I suck, I suck, and they do an open workout, and they're like, I just PR'd 14.5 by 570 reps. Yeah, like, seriously. Okay, yeah, you suck. You're right. <laughs> you still and suck. You're though. correct. And then, <laughs> you're accurate. Yeah. And then yeah. those people, like, throughout the year that have a toe injury when Amanda comes up, or they don't, they're not feeling it today, so that five-rep max is not a five-rep max attempt, and a one-mile one run or a 2K row or – you know, wow, what a trend we're spotting here. Don't you fucking dare skip these workouts. Right. Okay. Like you have, if you have goals, they need to be put out into the world. Don't live in your little bubble, do the workouts, put your score out there. Like, you know, give yourself some sort of incentive to get better at these things. Cause we have, we know some athletes that if some random Metcon, they'll, they'll wax that ass 365 days a year. You put a name to it, you put something else to it. And they'll either skip it or they'll be so in their head that they'll suck at it. Yep. Do not wait for the open. Do not skip these. You're not injured. Shut up. Do the workout. They they remember how bad they hurt from years past too, and so they, they have anxiety towards it as they approach it. But then I, I, I think when most people do that and they, they get over that hump of the, the anxiety and they do the workout, um, they shock themselves because uh, it – it's not as bad as they remember it. So the, the memory of them going through it was tenfold what the actual experience is. And to remind yourself that it's not as bad as you remember it is really, really important for, for being willing to go all in on workouts. So 
your your memory will almost always make it seem worse than it actually oh, was. Yeah, definitely. Because you just remember how, how hard you worked during the open. So just remembering that your experience and your memory don't always match up is pretty important. Um, anything else on the, the Metcons? Um, I really can't think of the top of my head like anything else other than the fact that you should treat these you know seriously to get yourself practiced and get yourself ready you know for the uh, for the season. That's what this is all about. This is why most of you follow our blog day in and day out. Yeah, you're trying to get better at the open. So practice, practice, practice. It's not a lot different than what they've been doing all year. No, not uh, at all. The intervals, however, will be a little more specific. So uh, the interval work will be uh, four days a week, and uh, three of the couplets will be. Uh, chosen with specific patterns. So uh, one day the couplet will be like a, mo- a monostructural movement mixed with gymnastics. Another day it'll be a monostructural mixed with a barbell. And the last day will be a gymnastics mixed with a barbell. So you can think of it sort of in terms of the bitch work through the year, how the bitch work became g- uh, bitchnastics and then sort of got turned into two intervals. So that's where we're at now is pushing one movement and seeing how it affects the other in all capacity of the sport. So pushing the monostructural to affect the gymnastics or vice versa, pushing the monostructural to affect the barbell or vice versa, and then again the gymnastics and barbell together. So these are all things we're going to face in the open in different uh, different orders of uh, the way they set the workouts up. So I'm going to try to expose you to as many different situations in an interval setting as possible so that you can go very, very hard for a short amount of time with a fair piece of rest uh, and then you can rest and repeat and when you rest and repeat you can take the information you gain from uh, interval one and hopefully make an adjustment to improve in interval two or at least stay consistent and then uh, again with three four whatever how many rounds there are so that'll be the focus of at least three out of four days and then the other interval that uh, doesn't fit that kind of pattern will be kind of a I just call it a change of pace interval so it'll be things that are a little different it may be uh, similar to um, maybe like a round of something you might expect to see in the open. Uh, you go through a round really fast. You take a, a break. You do it again. Um, you can really expect anything from there. So while I'm still focused on the open and focused on that style of conditioning, uh, the the fourth interval of the week, uh, whatever day that ends up falling on, um, will will be slightly different than the pattern I explained before. So that's how the intervals are going to work this cycle. And that's all I have to say about that. Cool. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about the Oli for this cycle. Um, <clears throat> the first one that I'll go over is a touch and go power rep accumulation. And so this will be power snatch uh, or power cleans. We're looking at accumulating a number, a large uh, number of reps. Um, and we're looking to prioritize doing this in as few sets as possible. Um, Let's give an example so we can kind of put it yes. in context for them. Let me give you, uh, I'll read you uh, week one day three and you can kind of put context here so the workout or the lift will be accumulate 50 reps of touch and go power cleans at 70 percent of your one rep max and this is for time and for fewest sets possible yeah so um obviously uh there's um both of those things are really important in our sport. Um, and so this actually will give you a, uh, an ability to work on, in a large chunk of uh, reps, uh, what you um, are weakest at. So if you know that you could hit a set of, you know, 25 of those, good, then you're going to have to wait for like 
15 minutes before you touch the barbell again. <laughs> 25 you know? of those? Holy shit, that would kill me. <laughs> that's that that's, so many that's the point. I, yeah, I know, that, that's, that's probably going to be your strategy is hit a big set and, you know, as big as possible and then get back to the bar before you, um, you know, you really want to. Um, if you know that, like... Um, that's that's no problem for you. Maybe it's hey, can I go five sets of ten with minimal rest? And um, and there's still big big sets, but um, you're factoring both in. You're factoring can I hit a big set and can I do this in as quickly uh, as possible? Um, so you get a little component of that. And that, again, it allows you to work on what you're a little bit weaker at. Yeah, we <laughs> talked about you know what I I wanted to prioritize in a piece like this when I wrote this. And my first thought was, I want to prioritize the the sets of touch and go. So if somebody completed somehow 50 reps in like three big sets, I said to Gabe, that would be really impressive. And he said, yeah, but who cares about impressive? Is that applicable to what we're doing? And I said, well, I guess if he takes five to 10 minutes off each set, then no, it's not applicable. It's, It's kind of out there in left field. doesn't really make sense. And we also said, you know, is it that important for somebody just to hit three to five over and over again with with minimal rest? And I said, well, that doesn't really hit the point either because right. the point is to be able to hold on for longer sets. So depending, and I think you just said this, and I, I might be saying it again, but depending on what you need as an athlete is how you're going to attack this workout. If you need to push um, the sets and hold on longer to get better at touch and go. That's where the focus needs to be with the clock being secondary, important, but secondary. If you need to actually accumulate reps in a short amount of time because your work capacity is just not there, then maybe sets of five, you know, four, five, six, seven with shorter rest is appropriate for you anyway, because maybe touch and go doesn't matter that much to you. So depending on where you're at as an athlete, this, you, there's, a way to look at this objectively and get a lot of work done in a short amount of time. I mean, the workout does define CrossFit, right? It's yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just kind of a meshing of like, what is what is the best strategy? And so uh, this piece is really going to give you, um, it's going to give you two things if you do it right. It's going to give you some confidence and and getting outside of your comfort zone and having success. So, oh, hey, I could actually hit a set of you know, 15 or 20 of those reps and still be able to move. Um, when otherwise, if it was in a Metcon, you're not going to do that because you know, oh, I just ruined the entire Metcon because I can't move anymore. Um, and if you know that, hey, I can go for 25 minute AMRAP multiple rounds, I can just hit five, 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 go do the other thing back, five, 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 five. Um, you know, it'll, it'll allow you to, to change those strategies as well. So it, you're going to come to a probably a center point where it's like, how can I make myself the most effective at moving weight? And you will learn something about yourself. It's guaranteed. For sure. <laughs> Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> me either. <laughs> well, you, you're you going to be my test dummy for this. So. Oh, no. He yes. is, the best part of that is he's so bad at touching Exactly go. why I want to use him. Yep. You're my worst case scenario. I am. <laughs> There's no reason for you to be bad at it. No. I just hate it. Especially with the way you deadlift. There's no reason for you to not be good at Metcon style touch and go. It's not my favorite. Come on, let's do handstand holds. No, let's do wall sits. No, I can't. I suck at them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Fucking A. Don't make All me do right. things I don't like. So for your um, snatches and cleans, full snatches and cleans, we're going to go with a complex style. Um, and this is going to be fun and interesting. Um, so you'll, you'll start with the bar from the floor. You'll um, perform, the first, <laughs> perform the <laughs> first movement. Jordan liked it, kind of. Yeah, I, I, think, it. I think it'll be fun. for If you're, if you're good, it'll be fun. Um, but So you'll, you'll start with the bar on the floor. Uh, execute the first rep. Um, let's say it snatches. You'll do a one one uh, full snatch, and then the rest will be from the hang. Um, so you'll 
do as many reps as you can from the hang. Um, and <clears throat> as you guys know, um, each rep, it gets a little heavier, it demands a little bit more speed under the bar. Um, and so hopefully uh, toward the last, uh, last bit of this, it'll, it'll really have you snapping under the bar and uh, under fatigue and um, super applicable to, to what you're gonna need to do. Um, yeah, my, my thought when uh, I tested this out with Jordan, the, the snatches, the week one, and um, my thought was that, again, uh, in the open, volume is important, right? Being able to do a lot of work quickly, that's sort of what we're doing. Um, the first snatch is kind of the easiest, obviously. The percentages are fair that you can do quite a few reps of this. Uh, so the first snatch is there, and then it's about how well you can kind of cycle that bar after. And like you said, the pull goes away. Yeah. So it's how fast you can sit under that barbell. So you have all these reps that are accumulating at fair but challenging percentages, and the percentages will go up. And so you're working on your speed under the bar. And then you have all this touch-and-go work that we just talked about where you have to actually pull. You have to work on that pull over and over and over again from the floor. Um, so hopefully the two combine, you'll be really good conditioning-wise to move that weight for a lot of reps. You'll be really fast under a bar, and your pull is going to get stronger. And if we add this all up when it counts... My hope is that it starts to, without having to do this heavy, heavy lifting all the time in the open and burning everybody out, you can go back to some of the skill stuff without having to really break it down, but make it applicable to now and, and sort of reinforce those good habits that people have been trying to build. And we'll see if it comes out so when I, positive. When I look at this, like one uh, Metcon I that comes to mind that this would directly apply to is something like Amanda. So you go in your first set of, of snatches on the barbell. It's like, Oh man, I'm like heaving this thing over my head. I'm fresh and I'm moving. And then by the second round, you're back to the bar, your grips toast, your, your legs are kind of toast. And it's just like, okay, get it moving and just snap underneath. So the willingness to do that, um, you're going to you know, make a lot of a progress in, in that here. Um, could apply to something like pennies as well. Let's I think it applies even to <clears throat> 60, uh, 16 two, the heavy barbell last year yes. in the workout. Yeah. 16 two. I mean, just moving those bars as, a, as it's a lot of reps, the reps get shortened, but the weight goes up. Like it doesn't matter that it's not exactly the way that it's written here, the same style. The fact that you have to clean three fifteen seven times is a big deal after you've already cleaned a heavy bar 30 times prior to that getting there. So, um, I think it applies to all sorts of things in that fashion. Also, <coughs> If you are super fatigued near the end of these sets in, in either the full snatch, full clean, or the power stuff, um, you're still required to hit this heavy percentage. If CrossFit goes back to saying, okay, it's a lift post-wad, you're required to hit a very large percentage. A lot of people can actually still PR under these conditions um, under fatigue. So this hopefully will teach those habits that you'll have to immediately be able to come back to to be able to hit these lifts when you're completely smoked. Yeah, I mean, I think about the first the first open workout they did that too. That uh, the clean and jerk, that pull from the ground, at least for me, so that pull felt from the ground felt so yep. heavy. Yep. If I didn't have speed under the bar, there's no way I was I was getting that on my shoulders. So for sure. Um, all right, so looking at the overhead movements, uh, we're going to alternate weeks of push jerk and heavy split jerk. Um, push jerk for reps, um, and these uh, <clears throat> looking at the cycle are going to be with the uh, the squats, all right. So you're gonna um, do those on the same day, right after a, a set of squats. Um, so just uh, still allowing you to practice going overhead um, in, in two different ways, going heavy versus um, something that you would like to do in a metcon. Yes, uh, push jerks will reps. be will be nice and heavy, so people continue to work on that, and the push jerks will be higher rep than last cycle. 
Oh, boy. <laughs> Sherb complained about the push jerks every single time, and he hit his percentages every single time. So far. So far, so good. Is that the first time you've ever hit all of your percentages on anything? Probably, yeah. You've been doing good with that this year. He looks like he's moving a little bit more like a human being this year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Breaking my body into the right position so I can actually do it correctly. <laughs> and then uh, last, uh, we'll talk about the non-mandatory uh, Olympic lifting. will be uh, once per week. Um, we'll have a immediately post-wad lift. So, um, just kind of That is unsafe. <laughs> Who the fuck wrote that? That's not cool. Oh my goodness! Nobody's gonna PR their lifts. Nobody's. No, gonna it's not possible. Lifts. Actually, yeah. it's not possible. It's downright dangerous. It's dangerous. It's irresponsible, frankly. So I mean, Sorry. you'll you'll show yourself that you're um, all, all the stuff that you put in uh, as far as your positioning, your um, your lifting all year um, will pay off here, and um, you'll be able to hit high percentages of your lift. And this is I awesome will because it turn will turn that stupid brain off and yeah, get to work. It'll, yeah. it'll show you show you really if this comes up in the open what uh, where do you want to start, you know, what's your safe lift and then what you can Is that uh, like a safe word? That's all I thought of as soon as he said that. It's a safe word. That'd be cool if during the open you could pick your safe lift. Banana you peel. got done. You're like curl. <laughs> safe lift. <laughs> oh, leg extension. <laughs> yes. Cool. So that's all we got for Oli. Um Go right Grandpa into Gabe is not into the jokes today. Wow. Yeah. He just okay. waits for us to shut up, and then he starts talking again. The <laughs> kid's done. Um, for the lifting, uh, got back squats and front squats each week, and uh, we're going to alternate between uh, high rep uh, back squats and front squats, and then uh, – uh, or hypertrophy sets, and then uh, you're going to do some endurance squatting. So – uh, the hypertrophy sets look good because they'll um, kind of demand a really good position. Um, you're going to hit reps over and over again. So all the stuff that you've been doing uh, with the squatting this year, um, you, you always see the the, <clears throat> the athlete that um, does their five by five and it looks like they're just bouncing up and down from it. And it's like, oh, how are you doing with the heavyweight? Um, <laughs> that's what we're looking for in the in the higher reps with the, you know, um, can you produce that speed? Can you stay in a good position and, and get those those done? Um, and so that that's really going to give you some insight into if there is a breakdown what is it um you know what is stopping me from holding a good front rack position and, and sitting in and hitting reps over and over again that, that um, can i jump into something real quick yeah. uh drew can actually probably explain this better than i can but um that would be what i am also looking at on the back squats is that people put the focus on the speed and not the weight um you've done so much heavy lifting throughout the year that almost everybody you talk to has some sort of in this whole sport, everyone has a nagging issue. Everyone has something that their knees are sore, their shoulders sore, this is sore, this is going on, whatever. This is a time of year where we're actually unloading you a little bit more so than normal as far as the super heavy percentages. But that doesn't mean that we want you to just take time off and not get stronger or get faster or whatever. So if you're squatting, especially the sets of 10, sets of 8, things like that, we'd expect you to be fast through them, smooth, fast, perfect, Move with intention. This isn't a, a, it's not an off lift. You're just doing sets of 10 because it's, you know, easy because it's lighter. It's, it's just not the case. So I don't know if you want to jump in on that a little bit. I more. mean, the, the biggest thing that I see that, that people get so obsessed with is the weight itself, like how much weight is on the bar. And people will be really surprised at how irrelevant that is, both if you're moving slow or if you're moving improperly. Um, skill transfer is so huge in our sport. I mean, we, we ask you guys to back squat so often. But if your back squat is just some, you know, you 
pile of bones goes down into like a, a ball at the bottom and then you're standing back up at the top and who knows how you got there. Um, it doesn't matter how much weight's on the bar. It's not, it's just not going to work. So, um, as we continue to change the stimulus we're looking for, and that's really a, just a huge part of what we're trying to do is continue to change, 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 change. So that you get a different stimulus. Um, the focus stays the same. Stand up as fast as you can load properly. You know, each squat should look the same. Obviously if, if you um, have the ailment that I do and you're not, so great with slow twitch fibers <laughs> uh you know reps eight through ten could be a little bit slower i but can't at least wait you're still attempting to go through that um and i think i think i would i would say and, and we're gonna have to wait until after cycle four but i think we've finally gotten the strength cycle style that we want through all four cycles now that we're four or five years into doing this um it's kind of funny it's literally the exact opposite of the protocol that is used for weightlifters. So they start with hypertrophy right. and they make their way down. But you consider the concentration of fast twitch fibers that they have and then the concentration of slow twitch that CrossFitters have from time under tension. Um, it makes perfect sense that it is a little bit backwards. Um, so this really should be to to take, to steal from CrossFit the whole energy systems thing. This should be the final kind of frontier for you guys to pull all of this together so that all of that work you did all year can actually go straight into the open. Um, so, I mean, kind of a, kind of a long rant answer to the question, but definitely move fast. That's, that's, that's a huge, <laughs> always the goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I just, the, the caveat on that is it's not down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up. So many people do that. It's, it's, it's load yourself properly and then stand up fast. Yeah, I mean, when you have this many reps, you, you do have the opportunity at these percentages to make sure that every rep is as good as the last. And right. if you're not taking that opportunity, then, again, you're not taking it seriously. So um, back to you. Sorry. Stole the cool. show there. Go. Perfect. Uh, uh, the other lift that we're going to primarily be doing is deadlift. And uh, I think if you guys were following us last year, you, you experienced a cycle. Um, so it's it alternates between. Um, I don't think they did, actually. I think this came out of. Uh, I think this would be new for cycle four. I think this came out of uh, games it's stuff. Jordy's game stuff. Yeah. So this this particular cycle came out of the games. So this. Also, oh, not everybody. I don't think we released this. Okay. Okay. And I think this was actually 2015. This first year, yeah. So this this isn't even. Uh, I don't think this was ever released. Boom. Well, there you go. You exclusive. Get a brand new exclusive. exclusive cycle that only games people <laughs> should be doing. No. Um, so what you're going to be doing is um, you'll be alternating Dead between lifting. a... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for deadlift, it's going to be alternating between um, uh, working up to one set of five. and uh, So you'll find a five rep max in test week and uh, you'll be working up to one set of five at 90% of that um, five rep max. And um, that will be on one week and the following week you're going to do some percentage work um, where you're <coughs> you'll do a descending uh, set and uh, descending and reps um, and the percentages will go up and uh, it'll progressively get heavier and heavier so you do a six at um, maybe 60 percent you'll do five at 70 percent four at 80 and work up to a heavy single um, and so you'll be pulling one heavy rep um, so that alternation it, it allows you to get a, a little bit of a um, uh, a volume in there but also pull one heavy rep is alternation so, a word 
Sure. <laughs> I think it should be. Altered nation. Shown. Was, wait, this, what was it This yesterday? is America. It was a really good one makeup yesterday word, or Monday. So. Oh, yeah. That was a really... Oh, yeah. Hmm. I wish I remember that. You get to make Oof. up words here. So, so the, the deadlifts the deadlifts have give you an opportunity to lift heavy, but they also don't uh, tax you a lot. To crush you. Um, for your week. So it's the last last uh, lift of the week. So you will get a rest day after that, and it is non-mandatory. So if you're deadlift, if you're perfectly comfortable with your deadlift, this may be the time of year not to do it. Um, Travis says, fuck you. Yeah, I know. I'm putting my straps on. Well, he has a deadlift <laughs> bar, so by the time he picks the bar up, he's almost standing before he even comes <laughs> off the ground. doesn't count. <laughs> that's great alright uh, let's see I thought I had one more thing to mention but I'll mention it later how I'll fitting the, the only thing that's left for me is the bitch work the bitchiest bitch of them all um, so <laughs> it's still the same uh, you guys will have um, mandatory rowing intervals each week they are like I would say one or two probably one one or two rounds on some of them longer than you should be able to hold pace on. And you get that amazing physical adaptation from the first few rounds. And then the last one or two is that like gut check, mental, what are you willing to do yep. once you're trying to decide whether your lungs hurt more than your legs or if it's your forearms. Or I know different stuff goes on people, especially on the rower, but um, that's what it looks like to me. I mean, I don't know if you can speak to that at all. I just see that that like I know the guys can hold two or three one Ks pretty well. What happens on the fourth? Yeah, 1K. I, th- I think you're <laughs> I think you're exactly right. Basically, if we decided to make bitch work complicated again, you would be giving people so many complex series of conditioning things that they wouldn't be able to just find that that uh, that opportunity to turn it all on. So sometimes in Metcons, the skills hold you back. Sometimes the weights hold you back. Sometimes in intervals, you get the same issue or uh, the intervals could be shorter or the intervals could be, um, the movements could kind of take away from uh, your ability just to go. So re-simplifying bitch work again with everything else you have in conditioning, it's just going to give you that chance if you still need to step it up to be able to turn it on, rest, turn it on, rest without having to put a ton of thought into it. Uh, it's as simple as it gets. Uh, like you said, um, rowing, mandatory one day a week. Rowing is the only bitch work machine that we expect to see in the open. Fair. Um, so that's mandatory. And then the one thing I will add to it is uh, day five is a burpee bitch work piece every week. It's not mandatory, but it'll be burpees and something else. So we'll give you as many opportunities to play with different styles of burpees in an interval situation as possible if you so choose, if you feel that you need that. Some people need to deadlift. Some people need to do burpees. Some people need the skill work. Um, you'll have those choices on day five. So and, and this is the time of year where you really need to use how we structure the website to your advantage. So you've got, you've got um, is it four full days of non-mandatory bitch work? Is it on there every day or is it yes. three more? Yeah, no, so yeah, it's, it's, four, it's four more days. Five days a week. Bitch so if you're there. lying to yourself and saying that you don't need any of those, um, then good luck in the open. But if you are being honest with yourself, it's good that all four are non-mandatory because you start to see the patterns and you start to find how to tailor what's going on in this cycle to you. Um, I think that's such a huge part of, of having those non-mandatory pieces in there. You've got to be able to to recognize the patterns and say, you know, I really need to work on this stuff every week. And then, you know, kind of after that, decide, you know, where the rest of your, your pieces are going to be. But um, 
the fact that they're split out into bike, run, ski, double under, and then the burpee, um, that's that's huge if you guys take it to your advantage. And one thing I think, uh, I, I don't promote this often, um, but again, going back to what Drew said, making the blog work for you, um, because the bitch work is so simple, there may be certain parts of bitch work that you need more than others. You may need to run more than you need to bike or vice versa. You may need to do burpees more than you need to do whatever. Because the bitch work is so simple and typically won't um, affect the Metcons or intervals or lift any more than any other bitch work piece, you can shift them around. So, like, the the pattern is, is really simple so that you guys know when to expect each type of bitch work. So, row is day one, bike is day two, run is day three, um, double under slash ski is day four. So, depending on the week, we'll go back and forth. And day five is burpees with something else. So if you have a day where you want to do bitch work, but your running is great and your burpees are terrible, or your running is great and your biking is terrible, which actually is for a lot of the, that happens quite a bit when you have a smaller athlete, they can run nonstop and they can't put a lot of uh, power into the bike. So you could just swap that down to the day that you needed it to be in um, because they're so simple and they, they shouldn't affect each other too badly. So this is the one time I might say that it's appropriate to switch the bitch work around to fit your needs better. Um, typically, the pieces are fit together like a puzzle, and it's very hard to switch them. Uh, in this in this cycle, I think you have a little more leniency to do that to get the most out of it. So, last but not least, we have accessory work. Uh, we have three non-mandatory days, um, and this is this is actually something that I'm really excited to see on the blog. I know that it's something that we have been able to use in remote coaching for years. Um, you know, just kind of rep accumulation for stuff that our athletes are uncomfortable with. Um, and I see two really big benefits to it. So just quickly to explain what it is, it's, it's you know, what we would call like open sets, where you're taking movements that either you need to work on, you're uncomfortable with, whatever it is, and completely removing them from conditioning, but still having a high enough rep feel to them that it still is going to get you a similar kind of benefit. Um, so the two, the two big things that I see in this, one is just that um, skill kind of mental side where it's like, this is such a huge block for me going into the open. I'm going to do a bunch of sets, have it completely removed from, from conditioning, and I'm going to get used to them a little bit more throughout, basically. Um, the other big thing that I see is there is a lot of time under tension um, with the upper body. And that is a really tricky thing that we've been trying to figure out um, in the CrossFit world. It is so easy for us to load up our athletes, to load their midline, to load their lower body throughout the whole year with weight for some pretty serious time under tension. Yep. Back squat, deadlift, touch and go, whatever it is. We can't really do that that well with the upper body. It's not it's not it's not realistic. Not something that translates well anyway. Exactly. I mean, you could hold a yoke over your head all day, but that has very limited when you're not moving through range of motion, there's very limited exactly. use for that. So it wouldn't make sense for us to just give up on it. It wouldn't make sense that, okay, so the lower body just has a way higher concentration of slow twitch fibers, the upper body doesn't. Let's deal with it. How about we figure out a way to set our athletes apart from other athletes by doing this? And I just see Handstand push-up, I see big sets of push-jerk, I see overhead squat, I see time under tension with moderate weight, 
which is really kind of the only thing that we can do. If you made it too heavy, then you don't get the time or attention um, for the upper body. And for those people that are the type that, again, test week, they love it because they throw big weight overhead and then 155 push jerks, eat them alive in a Metcon. This is 100% for you. And each opportunity that you see with, again, time under tension over your head, even if that specific movement is good for you, um, I would advise the athlete to choose that piece because creating those scenarios for yourself is going to make a change, even if it's just that final push in a Metcon holding on to a barbell in the open. It will make a change in your score, and everyone knows how precious reps are in the open. So. Yeah, and this this uh, actually reminds me of sort of what we talked about back in the the back squat, taking all those reps seriously. Like, because this isn't in a conditioning piece, when you talk about the big sets of overhead squats, the big sets of push jerks, or or even uh, kettlebell swings, or whatever it ends up being, you can take the chance before you go into a max set and set up exactly the way you would want to be set up, or your coach keeps telling you to be set up, and you continue to ignore him because you're too tired to give a shit in a Metcon. Like this is the time where you could say, "Oh wow, you guys are actually right about my feet being in this position. I can, you know, keep tension in my hip much better than the overhead squat. I can keep, my, you know, my midline on. Uh, my shoulders are able to rotate easier like this. Okay, great. I'll do this every time. And you can practice these big sets. If you were sloppy about it, you wouldn't get anywhere in this. You would you would break down something that doesn't need to break down would break down sooner than it should." and you wouldn't get as much out of it. So taking the time to really warm up before you hit this, hitting a few sets maybe less in the weight, like small sets less in the weight than you're going to use for your your big push in these uh, unbroken open sets, finding where your feet need to be, finding where your grip on the bar needs to be, finding the position uh, where the bar kind of sits either on your, your front rack or over your head or whatever it is, really feel it out, and then take the chance to go as deep as you can with those movements. So it's definitely a different mentality than... I know accessory has been the rest of the year. The yes. rest of the year, most people just walk over, oh, I got dumbbell bench press. I'll just right. grab the 70s, lay back, start pressing. Like, there's a chance to get better at movements that you're going to see in the open. You're probably not going to see any dumbbell bench press or ring dips or RDLs. In the, you don't in have the to open, be so. mentally turned on for a set of 10 dumbbell bench no, either. To, to get a true set of unbroken 30-pound wall balls or kettlebell swings, like, gear up because this is going to hurt when you get deep into this and you're going to have to keep going. So. Just more sports specific because you know it's the time of year we get more sports specific. We get ready to do our sport. You have to be comfortable with big sets of these movements. So it's time to go. Cool. I mean, <laughs> I think, uh, cool. You guys all said it. I mean, I if you, you guys t- <laughs> take all this seriously, I mean, there's no there's no reason why you shouldn't be extremely well prepared for for the open and and confident. And if you're prepared and confident, you're dangerous. So um, get after this cycle. <laughs> yes. Do all the muscle-ups. Um, There's lots uh, of muscle-ups coming. One other thing that, that I want to bring up that probably should have been in the intro, so if you've made it this far, good for you, <laughs> um, is if you're looking for that like real switch to turn on prior to the Open, um, Open Prep Camp will be at CrossFit Clue. Oh, damn. Um, February 11th and 12th. Um, your travel plan should get you there. You'll have more fun if you get there earlier on the 10th, yes, uh, but there's sure. nothing completely mandatory on the 10th um, other than maybe like a spike ball tournament. or um, So we mandatory. can feel better. Yeah, the mandatory. coaches can feel better about um, their abilities leading into oh, yeah. into uh, actual exercise. So 11th and the 12th, uh, you guys will see that up on um, our events page in the store. 
Um, and it's really just a, an opportunity. It's different than our other camps. It's an opportunity for athletes to come in and battle it out with some of the bath, best athletes on earth. Mm. And that is really important as a preseason thing. You know, if, if every athlete in another sport could go find like, all right, LeBron, let's, let's do a little one-on-one here. Yeah, you know, fun. I mean, I know. think about Austin last year at that camp, he got a chance to compete against the best athletes that we, you know, we have to offer. And you could see he a cried huge during his thrusters. He might've cried during his thrusters, but there were a lot of times <laughs> during that weekend where he, you know, built some confidence yeah. and got himself ready yeah, for the open. So a good opportunity for you. Now he'll beat a bunch of them in workouts this year. Most. Whoa, most. Now it's cocky. Uh, I want to piggyback off that and actually plug um, our remote coaching a little bit. Um, We, uh, if all this stuff that you uh, listen to in the podcast uh, makes a little bit of sense to you, but you're like, how am I going to apply that to my training? Um, We've been working with uh, a few coaches and really grooming them and um, making sure that they fit exactly with our philosophies and coaching styles. and, um, And so we've been able to open up a few more remote coaching um, spots. So if you are interested in that, I know if you want some help during the open or open prep and things like that, like um, it's a it's an extremely valuable service. Probably one of the most valuable services that we, we that offer, will so. fill up quickly because I think about my time in the open is easily easily my most stressful time of the year because you, oh, yeah. every athlete that you work with sends you all their videos. They talk about strategy. They want to talk about everything that they can eat. They want to talk about what they had for breakfast and their feelings from yesterday. Like it is a busy time of year and it's a really great tool for an athlete to have somebody that understands what they're dealing with and can dump it all out on somebody else to help sort out for them and then give them the good stuff back and then go back to work. Um, I mean, we've got a lot of people who were maybe, uh, you know, in the top 200 of the open that they always said, Oh, you know, I, I want to make it to regionals. I want to make it to regionals. And maybe on their own, they didn't quite have uh, just the ability to sort out what they needed to do uh, and that outside pair of eyes and that outside um, kind of objective thinking pushed them in the right direction. And then they obviously do 100% of the work and get themselves over the hump. And I don't know how many people we've had that have joined up with us that have made it to regionals for the first time after doing that. And that is kind of a, uh, you know, a plug for us, but at the same time, like, Every year we get new people that were on the cusp, and yep. every year we get them into the top twenty. And it's it's uh, you know that's basically our bread and butter. It's what we pride ourselves on. So um, this is a really good time to do it too, uh, being that you know all the stuff we talked about is this is this is preseason. This is your practice for the for the game day. So um, having somebody help you sort that stuff out now um, will pay pay off huge during the open. Having so. somebody who is willing to be brutally honest with yeah. you. Some people are terrified of that because they don't want their friends or coach back home to tell them what's really going on, or they don't dare tell them because they don't want to mess anything up. I'll tell you. Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> my, my athletes can yeah. attest to that. I'll tell you. So, anyway, is that about it? I think it is. Cool. Good? Good. Until next time, guys. Thanks for watching. Good luck. See you, yeah. guys.